Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we are just a few days to go before Christmas Day, and I was just reflecting back in you know, the past couple of months. You know, it has been quite a significant season for me. You know, we had four next-generation camps, comprising of two CM camps. We had a Between Jaya camp. And just the past week, we had our YM camp you know, held here in Wesley Methodist Church. And each of these camps, we saw transformational encounters with God for our next generation. You know, besides that, another significant moment for me was six weeks ago, my second child, you know, Cephas, was just born. You know, here's a photo of it. <laughs> Can you all see on the screen? We need to wait for the slides. Ah, yes. <laughs> so you can see the older one is there. No, she was running around here just now. She's 19 months old. Um, the younger one is with my parents tonight. So during this season of my life, we are going back you know, to the cycle of sleepless nights and the challenge of taking care of you know, two kids under two years old. But besides the birth of my child, this evening I'm going to share a different birth story, a much more significant one. And that's the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, have you ever wondered how the true origin of Christmas really began? You know, why did God choose such an insignificant little town in Bethlehem to be the birthplace for our King Jesus? You know, let us read this scripture passage taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 6 today, to give us a backdrop of this story of this little town of Bethlehem. You know, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And this is the word of the Lord. Come, let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we listen to your word for us today on searching for significance, may you open our hearts to you and allow this message of hope in Jesus Christ speak to all of us, including myself. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, in the passage we just read, you know, we encountered the Magi, the wise men from East, who embarked on a journey guided by a star, in search of the newborn king. You know, just as they followed the light of the star, their journey signifies our own pursuit of significance in life. We too seek direction and purpose in a world filled with distractions and uncertainties. We ask ourselves, why am I living? What real difference does my life make? What real contributions can I make in this world? You know, these questions are at the heart of fear of leading lives of insignificance. 
And the result of this fear leads us to search for significance in all the wrong places. The world has deemed significance to come from power, possessions, prestige, positions. It is the inner desire in us to be recognized. And all of us desires recognition and significance, including myself. However, in the scripture text we just read, you know, God didn't choose the most famous of city or the most significant place to be the birthplace of the King Jesus. Instead, God chose such an unassuming and insignificant place in this little town of Bethlehem to be the birthplace of King Jesus. And to find out what God is showing us in our search for significance, I'll be answering three questions about the place, the people, and the promise of Bethlehem to demonstrate God's heart unfolding before us as we search for true significance in this time and age. You know, why is this place chosen? Who are the people from this place? And what is the promise that came out from this place? And through these three aspects, we'll discover how significance is found in Christ. And God takes what appears as insignificant to use it for His glory. Let us begin with the place of Bethlehem. You know, Bethlehem is a city in the hill country of Judah. It was originally called Ephrath. If you read verse 6 again, the author took reference from the prophecy of Micah. In prophet Micah, he said in verse 2, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. You know, here the prophet describes Bethlehem as the smallest of towns in Judah. You know, God didn't choose a famous place like Jerusalem. He chose a little town called Bethlehem. Bethlehem comes from two Hebrew words, Beth and Lehem. Beth means house, while Lehem means bread. So Bethlehem is interpreted as the house of bread. It was a place known for sheep and shepherds. And the sheep were used for temple sacrifices. You know, if you read in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 2, one of the main reasons that you know, Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem was because of a census and taxation was being taken by Rome. Bethlehem was Joseph's hometown, and he needed to make that journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem to register. You know, Joseph and Mary had to make a 140-kilometer trip you know, just to get to Bethlehem. You know, this is a map of ancient Palestine. And do you know how long 140 kilometers is? Imagine traveling from Tuas you know, to Changi Airport, and then later back to Tuas, and then back to Changi Airport again. It's running a distance of more than three full marathons. You know, one full marathon is about 42.125 kilometers. And it traveled by donkey and foot. You know, probably most of us will not have any idea about this little town of Bethlehem. If not for the countless of nativity scenes and stories told of this place during Christmas. You know, Bethlehem was such an insignificant place in the time of ancient Palestine. But it was Jesus Christ's birth here that made Bethlehem famous today. 
And the lesson we can learn here is, you know, God chooses a place like Bethlehem, which although appears insignificant in the eyes of the world, but God used this place for His glory. Next, we come to the people of Bethlehem. You know, Jacob, Favorite's wife, Rachel, died near Bethlehem when she gave birth to Benjamin and was buried nearby. Ruth and Naomi, they came to Bethlehem. You know, this was the place where Boaz fell in love with Ruth and married her. And eventually, the great-grandson of Ruth and Boaz is an, another familiar character in the Bible. We know as King David today. But before he was king, you know, David started off as a shepherd boy. He was born in this small little town of Bethlehem as well. And his journey began when one day, Prophet Samuel comes to the home of Jesse to anoint a new king in Israel. As the story goes, Jesse first presented his firstborn son. You know, Eliab was strong and handsome. You know, everyone thought, you know, he will be the new king of Israel. But no, God spoke to Samuel. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In fact, you know, Jesse presented seven of his other sons before Prophet Samuel. You know, David wasn't even shortlisted at all. You know, this reminds me of those you know, very old school, you know, those pick-up games when the two captains turn to each other, they choose their members, you know, they were scissors, paper, stone, the winner will choose the best player first on the team. And usually, you know, the very scrawny, the very insignificant ones are either selected last or not chosen at all. You know, likewise, David was not even mentioned at all. Until Samuel asked Jesse if he had any more sons. And Jesse answered, Yes, there's still the youngest. He's standing the sheep over there. You know, he was the youngest. He was the smallest of them all. You know, he was just a shepherd boy. Shepherds in those days were lowly and despised in society. But yet God chose him. And Samuel anointed him as the new king of Israel. You know, God knew David and chose him even when he wasn't shortlisted at first. And perhaps some of us today, we may feel that others have overlooked you. You may feel, you know, why didn't I get that promotion? Why no one recognized my efforts? But remember, God knows us. He has the best plans for us, just like he knows and chose David, a small shepherd boy, who eventually became the king of Israel. And as reflecting upon this story, I too felt insignificant among my peers you know, growing up in Sunday school. And I remember, I think I was one of the quietest boys in my whole Sunday school class. I grew up here in Wesley, and I had a very low self-esteem, and I was so shy. You know, whenever someone would talk to me, I would respond with usually one word reply, like, no, yes, or no. You know, sometimes I just uh, would not reply and respond. You know, that's how shy I was. You know, until one day, my youth small group leader came up to me and asked, you know, can I lead, peer lead my own small group for the following year? You know, I was thinking to myself, you know, you know, why me? There are so many others in my group that were more capable than me. They were active, serving the youth ministry. They were serving, they were very committed. 
And I felt like I was the most unequipped person in the entire small group. You know, perhaps some of us may feel that way as well. We may feel we insignificant among our peers. In the end, I felt that God prompted me to step up to respond. And I believe, if I look back now, God used that youth leader then who saw something in me even when I totally felt unprepared, even when I felt so insignificant among my peers. And probably because I responded that day, it was actually God preparing me, perhaps, you know, to even become a pastor today. I don't think I would have become here standing and preaching this message if I didn't have responded, you know, to my youth leader at that point of time. You know, remember, God knows us, and He can use anyone. You know, God chooses what appears as insignificant or least and most unlikely to use for His glory. Lastly, as we search for significance, the real significance can be found from the promise of Bethlehem. You know, Bethlehem was part of God's eternal plan right from the beginning. Even a thousand years before the Messiah came and was born on this earth, the prophet prophesied of this king to come. Let me read Jeremiah 23 verse 5 to us. The days are coming when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. You know, the greatest king of all would arrive in this little Bethlehem, the city of David, the city of shepherds. He takes on the form of a servant. He is unrecognized. Nobody knew they were dealing with the king of glory. Jesus stepped out of eternity into human history, sent by the Father to die for the sins of the world. He came to this earth, fully God and fully man. Jesus Christ is now the bread of life. Remember God chose Bethlehem, the house of bread, as the setting of this promised Messiah who will meet the needs of those who are hungry. Jesus Christ was born on this earth is the main character in this whole redemption project, a huge rescue mission to rescue us from our sins and from ourselves. In that one moment, the center of God's activity resided in a manger. Bethlehem, which was a place where sheep was used for temple sacrifices, would now be a place where the perfect lamb would come to take away the sins of the world. And that's the promise that birthed from Bethlehem. And that's the message of Christmas. You know, instead of searching for significance in the wrong places, we can find significance in the promise of Jesus Christ. You know, John Maxwell shared this once. You know, once you have tasted significance, success will never satisfy you. Let me say this again. Once you have tasted significance, success will never satisfy you. You know, success adds value to yourself. But significance comes from your value in Christ. So once you have tasted significance in Christ, success, the success of this world will never satisfy you. You know, just as the Apostle Paul described his significance in Christ, he said this from Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth 
of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. You know, God has approved you and made you significant in Him. He values each and every one of us here. You know, we just had our wine camp right here in Wesley Church in the, in the last few days. You know, it was quite a memorable experience you know, for me, and even in Pastor Ray, who was there at the camp. You know, the first plenary session at the YM camp, I was sharing with the youth on seeking Jesus, listening to Him, and to posture ourselves you know, as the camp started. And true enough, in you know, the next few days of camp, you know, many of our youth found Christ, they experienced His love in powerful ways. You know, the last day, many testified how they felt the love, the presence of God, because they seek Him with their whole hearts. You know, just as you can see in this photo here, you know, the last day of the camp, we actually got every camper to seal their commitments by coming to the front, you know, kneeling at the altar to receive the Holy Communion. You know, as they received the communion, each, every single camper was prayed for, you know, as they made their commitments at the altar. You know, friends, if we search for that significance in Christ, nothing else in this world can satisfy us. It creates a spiritual hunger in us to grow in His Christ-likeness. You know, in fact, it's Jesus Christ who has given us this real hope. Jesus born on this earth, lived among us, was crucified, died, and was raised again so that you and I can be redeemed. And the foundation of our significance comes primarily from the fact that God is our creator. You know, King David wrote this beautiful psalm. You know, he said this, For you created my inmost being. You need me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. You know, these words express that each one of us is a unique handiwork of our Creator. You know, there's no one like you and me. Each one of us, we have our own unique DNA. But the question of significance should not be, who am I? But whose am I? Now, let me try to illustrate this. Imagine a skilled artist meticulously you know, painting a masterpiece. You know, every stroke of the brush, every color chosen was with purpose, and every detail contributes to the overall beauty of the painting. Now consider our life as a canvas. And all of us are the artists. You know, many people, we spend our lives searching for significance, you know, trying to paint a picture of purpose and worth. They may use various colors and brushes for their career success, relationships, accomplishments. But often they find that the canvas remains incomplete, unsatisfying until we have this renewed perspective that true significance is found in Christ. So now instead of us being the artist, let's reframe and picture God as the master artist who his divine strokes 
brings purpose to our life. Because in Christ, our worth is not determined by external achievements or the opinion of others. Instead, it is rooted in the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. The canvas of our life then gains true significance when Christ becomes the focal point. As we allow God's love, His grace, His truth to shape our identity, we then begin to discover a depth of purpose, meaning that transcends our own pursuits of the world. When Christ is that color that brings vibrancy to our existence, and He uses the brush that paints beauty in our brokenness as our divine artist completes the masterpiece of our life. In Christ, we find our significance not based on what we do, but on who we are in Him. And our search for significance concludes when we surrender the paintbrush of our life to the master artist, allowing Christ to create a masterpiece that reflects His glory and our true identity in Him. As we yield to His transformative work, we discover that true significance is not found in what we accumulate on the canvas of life, but in the one who paints it with purpose and love. So in this Christmas season, as we reflect upon the story of the birth of our King Jesus, as we look at the place of Bethlehem, the people of Bethlehem, and the promise of Bethlehem. Here we see God's heart, His character, unfolding clearly to us. You know, God chose an unassuming and insignificant place like Bethlehem to be the birthplace of our King. God chose David, a small shepherd boy, to be the King of Israel. And God chose a little manger in Bethlehem to birth the promised Messiah. So as I close, let us remember this key takeaway lesson. Significance is found in Christ. And God takes what appears as insignificant to use it for His glory. At this point, I want us to reflect on these two questions. Now let us just close our eyes and give us some time to respond to God. You know, where is our Bethlehem today? Where is our Bethlehem today? Could Bethlehem be the people among us? They may be what appears as insignificant in society. You know, perhaps the tissue auntie, the cleaner at our block, the security guard, Maybe it could be someone who may be feeling lonely and discouraged. Maybe it could be someone you know who is searching for hope and meaning in life. Maybe ask God to lead you to someone whom you can reach out to this Christmas season so that they too can experience that significance in Christ. You know, perhaps you can invite that person to join us on the last night of the CCIS at Orchard Road tomorrow. Maybe you can invite this person to our Christmas services this weekend and next week. 
Or perhaps we may be feeling like a Bethlehem today. Maybe you are feeling insignificant, unwanted, uncared, lonely, lost, or overlooked. We may be thinking, I don't feel Jesus coming had made much difference in my own life. The ordinary and mundane of life continues. You're still feeling discouraged. Maybe we are trying to search for significance in our grades, in our career, even in the ministries that we serve in. But friends, do not lose heart. Remember this promise of God. This promise that began this little town of Bethlehem, where this holy child was born. He came to this world so that we can come to that saving knowledge of Christ today. And we know in Christ, we find our worth. In Christ, we find our meaning in life. And in Christ, is where we find our significance in. Come, let us pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for choosing and valuing us. Even when we are feeling insignificant or small in this world. We thank you for dying for our sins on the cross. And for giving us that hope, that victory in your Son, Jesus Christ. So that we can be a child of you today. Forgive us for the times where we find our significance in the things of the world, in power, possessions, prestige, or position. For you have already approved us. You have made us significance in Christ. You needed us together in our mother's womb and you knew us in our unformed body. We want to praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So as we come to your throne of grace, we surrender ourselves to you today. Will you continue to fill us with your abiding presence and love so that we can find that one true significance in Jesus Christ alone? Even this Christmas season, we know there are people among us who are feeling like a Bethlehem. They may be feeling insignificant in society, but we know you love them too, and we avail ourselves to be used by you to be conduits of your love and grace to them. So even as you depart from here, may you allow us to share this promise that came from Bethlehem in this kingdom partnership with you. In the wonderful name of Christ, we pray, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen and Amen.